1: Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us.
0: I want to talk to you about what I'm describing tonight as the truth about Thanksgiving. The truth about Thanksgiving. As we already said, this year has been a very unusual year for all of us. It's been an abnormal year. It's been a year of of a lot of pain for many people. And it seems a little bit unusual for us to come to this time of the year from a natural perspective and say, okay, let's stop and give thanks. After all, it's been an abnormal, difficult year, not just COVID, but lots of different things that have happened in our culture around us this year that's made it a very, very challenging year. And even in the COVID season, nine, nine long months have passed since this season began. It looks like we're in for a, a bit longer until the vaccine is available for us. And it's been one of those seasons of, of sort of uh, dis, dis- disconcerting uh, feelings and all kind of emotions that people have been experiencing going through this time. But at this moment, this Thanksgiving time, we're reminded to do something that might seem a little unusual, a little bit out of place for everything that we've gone through. We're instructed to be grateful. We're reminded of Thanksgiving. And while it is a day that we celebrate as a nation, as a group of people, as communities, as families... It's also something that needs to become far more a part of our lives. It's more than an annual event. It needs to be a lifestyle because a lifestyle of gratitude leads to a healthier life. And to develop a lifestyle of gratitude, you and I need to understand the truth about gratitude, the truth about Thanksgiving. What is gratitude? What is gratitude? true thanksgiving? What does it do for us? And how are, we to, uh, how are we to navigate this thing called thanksgiving? And what does it do for the people around us? And so I want to take a few moments and talk to us about the truth related to thanksgiving. What is it? What does it mean to be thankful? And why should we do so? I'm going to very quickly share with you, and I hope you'll write these things down because I believe that it will be something you'll want to come back to and look at later. I want to share with you eight things that relate to the idea, the topic, the concept of gratitude. But I want it to be more than just a conceptual message so you understand concepts. I want you to join with me in taking these concepts and making them a part of our practice. The first thing the Bible teaches us about Thanksgiving is that Thanksgiving actually is a choice. We have a tendency to think of Thanksgiving as being a feeling. I give thanks because I feel like it. I'm grateful for something, and so now all of a sudden I feel something, and because of that, uh, that good feeling I have, I'm going to express thanks. In fact, a lot of people make an emotional approach to their worship, and they give thanks, and they praise God when they feel like it. That is when they feel, if you will, the Spirit moving them, they want to give thanks. The Bible teaches us that those moments certainly are valuable, but giving thanks is not related to your feelings, it's not related to your emotions, being a person of gratitude is a choice that you and I need to make, and we should never forget the reality that it is a decision. Very true about gratitude. I want you to listen to what Psalm 34, verse 1 gives us. The psalmist David again says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Twice in that one verse, there's this little word, will. I will extol the Lord. I will always, or His praise will always be on my lips. Notice that David says, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, I'm making the choice. I will I'm deciding to be a person of gratitude. I'm deciding to be a person of praise. Can I ask you what kind of person have you chosen to be? Have you chosen to be a grumbler? Have you chosen to be someone who's always discontent about life? Or have you chosen the biblical pathway, the choice to say, I'm going to be a person of, of praise. I'm going to be a person of thanksgiving. I choose. I set my will in that direction. The second thing I want to Share with you about gratitude. What is gratitude? What is Thanksgiving? Is it gratitude and Thanksgiving is not only a choice, it's also an expression. It's something you express, it's something that you actually articulate. Thanksgiving is not really Thanksgiving unless you give it, it has to be communicated. It's not just something that you think about and hope that somebody gets the idea or hope that God gets the idea. No, indeed, yes, it needs to be in our heart. But as we see in Scripture, as we see in practice of life, that, that actual thanksgiving or gratitude is something that you and I express. It is something we communicate. It starts with your thinking, but it, is, but it doesn't stop there. How do you and I express gratitude? Let me share with you what the Bible teaches us about the expression of gratitude. Gratitude is expressed, first of all, when you sing it. I love the time of worship that we had a few moments ago. I love singing songs of thanksgiving and singing songs of praise. And you and I need to regularly put a song of praise on our lips, especially in the dark and difficult times. You and I need to lift our voice and give articulation to the, to the voice of praise, the sound of music declaring the goodness of God. As the psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 4, sing the praises of the Lord. You, his holy people, praise his holy name. Notice it is a command that we are to be singers. You might say, well, I don't sing very well. The Bible never places any any particular requirements on the quality of your voice or the ability you have musically. He says, just whatever kind of voice you have, lift up your voice and sing a song of praise to God. Let everything that hath breath praise God. Can I encourage you sometime? on this Thanksgiving Eve or on Thanksgiving Day and going forward into your future that you'll make sure that you set aside some time where you alone just sing your praise. It may not sound good from a musical perspective, but it's music to the ears of your heavenly Father. He loves to hear his children sing praise to him. And then we express our praise by speaking it, by saying it. One of the greatest things that can happen in your life is for someone to come along and actually, with their words, communicate to you, I appreciate you. Thank you for what you did. I noticed this. I noticed something about your life or something about what you did, and I want to tell you that I am grateful. I want you to hear my words communicating my gratitude. In Colossians three seventeen, Paul says, And whatever you do, whether in word, notice that, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Notice he's talking about our words and our deeds. So gratitude is an expression of our voice. It is, yes, singing our praise to God, but speaking our thanksgiving to God and speaking our thanksgiving to others. It's not only what you say to God, it's also what you say to other people what you communicate to your family members. I thank you and I appreciate you. what you say to your friends. What do you say to people who have a positive impact upon your life? It is expression coming from you. And then the next thing you and I do in terms of expressing our thanks is to write it. You know, from time to time, I'll get a note from someone in our congregation that will take the time to write me a note and say, pastor, just wanted to thank you for that message or thank you. I appreciate you for that prayer you prayed. It could be something very simple. Thank you for the smile you extended to me or the warmth of expression of welcoming to church. Those are kinds of things that when I get a note of that nature, obviously it brings strength. It brings encouragement. And the same can be true for you and those around you. Just writing a note to someone that says, I appreciate what you've done for me. I don't have the maybe closeness of relationship or proximity somebody to speak those words, but I, I can send you a text. I can send you an email. I can take the time to buy you a card and I can write out to you that I really do thank you for what you've invested in my life or the things you do that bring blessing to me. The book of Psalms, think about it, the whole book of Psalms, 150 uh, chapters in the book of Psalms, and you'll find that much that's written there are songs or psalms or words of thanksgiving and praise written by the psalmist David and others to God, a writing out of gratitude. The fourth way that you and I express our thanksgiving is by praying it. Do you include gratitude in your prayers? Paul did. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 2, he says, we always thank God for all of you. Notice this continually mentioning you where in our prayers. And so Paul says, there's a, there's a segment of my prayer time that is devoted to thanking God for people that I need to thank God for, not just thanking God for God's work in my life, but thanking God for the work of people in my life. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. Do you take some time in your prayers to Thank God for the people who are making a difference in your life. See, gratitude is only completed when it's consistently expressed. I'll say that again. Gratitude is only completed when it's it's consistently expressed. It has to be expressed. Number three, gratitude is a sign. Gratitude is a sign. Real gratitude is a sign of certain things in your life. A person that's grateful shows signs of things. First of all, they show signs of maturity, See, mature people are are able to look at the world around them and be aware of the contribution, yes, of God, and the contribution of other people. They've realized they're not doing everything on their own. And so you begin to realize you're growing up when you recognize the value of other people and God's work in your world, in your life. And so it is a sign of maturity. It is a sign of your character growing. People who lack gratitude have weak character. It is a sign that you take some time of uh, contemplating your life, and there's some depth of soul inside of you. It means that you think, that you contemplate. It means that you step back from life from time to time. It's a sign that you're more than just going through life, just doing things. You actually think about life in a meaningful way. It's a sign of your faith. It is a sign of your trust, but grateful people, gratitude shows something about you. It is a sign of your maturity, a sign of your character, a sign of the depth of your soul. It is a sign of your faith and trust in God. It is saying something about you. It is a sign that is pointing to something in your life. Number four, gratitude is, what is it? It is an alignment. Very important word, by the way. Alignment is when you're in proper order. We often think about our cars and the the, the tires on our cars and how they need to be in proper alignment. Because when they're out of alignment, the car gets a little shaky. It's harder to drive and it wears on the tires. And there are a lot of consequences that come when you're out of alignment. The same is true when you're out of alignment with God or out of alignment with people. It wears on your life. And so gratitude brings you into alignment. It brings you into alignment with God. It brings you in alignment. With others, it is vital to your joy. It is vital to your peace. It is vital for a, for a life that is properly balanced alignment. How do you and I align ourselves first and foremost with God? We do so by gratitude. That's one of the ways you align yourself with God. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, there's the alignment. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when you're all worried and upset and frustrated about life, God says, here's what I want you to do. Don't be anxious about anything, but but come to me with every situation. Present your request to me with thanksgiving. And what that will do is that will bring you into alignment with my peace, it transcends all your understanding, 1 Thessalonians five eighteen. Notice this again is the alignment principle, that when you and I give thanks to God, and when you and I live a life of gratitude, it aligns us with the will of God, 1 Thessalonians five eighteen. Give thanks in all circumstances, notice what it says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That when you and I give thanks, it aligns us with the will of God. Do you want to be in God's will? Do you really want to live a life in the center of God's will? A lot of Christians uh, will often ask the question, Pastor, how do I know God's will for my life? And it's really quite simple. That when you, when you and I follow certain principles, it automatically leads to being on the right path. And one of the principles that will get you on the right path is the principle of gratitude. In all things, give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. It aligns you with God's will in Christ Jesus. Number five, what is thanksgiving? What is it all about? What's the truth about thanksgiving? The fifth thing we understand about thanksgiving, it is an adjuster. It brings adjustment to your life. I've noticed this in my own life. Gratitude is like a thermostat. What does a thermostat do? Well, a thermostat sets the environment. That's what it, If you go into your house and you set your thermostat on a certain degree, uh, if it's cold, it's going to warm it up. If you set it to the right temperature, if it's, if it's hot, it's going to cool it down. You, you control the environment, the atmosphere, by the utilization of a thermostat. The same is true with gratitude, that when you and I shift from grumbling over to gratitude, it's like adjusting the thermostat of your life adjust your perspective. Every time in my own life when my perspective gets a little wacky and my perspective gets a little bit warped and I get a little frustrated with life, if I begin to bring gratitude to God and I stop and begin to thank him and praise him, it's like adjusting the thermostat of my life. My perspective changes. It changes my mood. Have you ever noticed that? You're grumbling, and suddenly you stop grumbling and say, let me give God some thanks for some things in my life. You begin to list all the things that, that are blessings in your life, and suddenly your mood goes from sour to refreshed and sweet again. Why? Because you made the adjustment. Gratitude adjusts your perspective, and gratitude will adjust your mood, and it adjusts the interactions of your life. I tell you what, I'd prefer to be around a grateful person any than being around a person who's a grumbler. It's such a great joy to be around someone who has gratitude in their life. It's very difficult to spend much time with a grumbler, is it not? It's true in our own lives that when you and I are grateful, it has an impact upon the interactions that we have. You treat people differently when you're grateful. Philippians 2, 14 and 15, do everything. Well, that's a lot of things, right? Do everything without, notice this, grumbling or arguing. My goodness, that would change a lot of perspectives in our life, would it not? Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault and a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Paul, writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says, you know what, when you adjust your, your, your words of gratitude, when you become a person of gratitude and you begin to move away from grumbling and arguing, your interactions with people will change. And then you begin to shine like a star because there are few people that will make this kind of adjustment in their life. You will stand out if you become a person of gratitude. And then number six, gratitude. What is gratitude? What is thanksgiving? It is a rejection. As surely as it is a, 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 an adjustment in your life, it's also a rejection of certain things. To be a person of gratitude, you've got to reject things. There's certain things that you can't have in your life. You can't include in your life. You can't be a person of gratitude and be a cynic at the same time. You can't be cynical about life. You've got to see purpose in life and see value in life and see God in the midst of whatever you're going through. You can't be a cynic and really be grateful. And so you have to reject cynicism. You have to reject bitterness. You can't be a grateful person if you're holding on to bitterness in your life. If you have something that's hurt you and wounded you and you're unwilling to give it up, you're unwilling to invite God into that painful place in your life to heal you, bitterness will separate you from the flow of gratitude. You may have slight moments here and there of gratitude, but you'll not become a person of gratitude without rejecting bitterness and say, I'm not going to be a cynical person. I'm not going to be a bitter person. You have to reject discouragement. That's a fight because discouragement is something that comes to all of us. It's a part of a spiritual battle that you and I face, but you have to reject it. You have to fight it. It actually helps you to make a stand against it. It's called putting up the shield of faith, wherewith you can quench the fiery darts of the adversary. And one of those fiery darts is the dart of discouragement coming after your soul. You have to reject a spirit of entitlement. You know, the world that we live in today is a very entitled world. Oh, I, everything is sort of owed to everybody. And so that's, that's the wrong way to think about life. We, we don't really deserve anything. All we deserve is a judgment of God, but God, instead of giving us judgment, He's giving us mercy and grace. We're not entitled. Every good and perfect gift has come from God, and so we reject entitlement with an idea of blessing upon our life, and then we simply reject this ugly nature of the world around us. I will tell you, turn the television on and listen to some news programs and listen to just the spirit of the world. You'll find that the world is a very disgruntled place. The world is filled with a lot of grumblers. And so if we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, we can't, we can't adapt to the spirit of the world. We have to reject that spirit and accept into our lives the spirit of gratitude. Gratitude requires rejection. Two more as we're moving our way through this very important Thanksgiving Eve message. Number seven, you have to understand that, that gratitude is a liberator. Gratitude will set you free. Gratitude will win battles in your life. Gratitude will help you overcome adversities in your life. I'm not just saying this as a great idea, a nice little interesting thing to say. I'm telling you that from Scripture, gratitude will win some battles in your life. Thanksgiving to God will do some things for you that cannot be done any other way. I'm not going to read the story for you. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Many of you will know this story. I'm just going to bring it to your attention again. I may read just a few verses out of it in just a moment. But here's the story, a king king of Judah by the name of Jehoshaphat. He was facing the potential attack of three different nations. He's a small little nation, Judah is, and he realizes they're in trouble. What are they going to do? And so they call a prayer meeting and begin to fast and, ask, fast and ask God what they are to do, and God sends a prophet and gives them a strategy for victory. Think about this. Here's a little nation. There are three other nations coming against this one little nation, and now they've got to have a strategy of war. What are they going to do to win this and God gives them a very interesting strategy. He says, here's what you're to do. You're to gather all the singers of Israel, and I want you to put them out in front of the army of Israel, and I want you to send them into the battle. The singers are to go first. Send the singers out, and they're to sing one simple little song and to sing it over and over again. And that one simple little song is found in verse 21. And this was a the song they were to sing Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Think about that for a moment. Here comes this little band of singers out amidst. Three massive armies coming against them, and here is their battle strategy to sing a little chorus give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. But notice this when they began to sing that song, the Bible says in verse 22 as they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and of Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. What defeated the enemy? What did Judah learn in that situation? They learned that praise, they learned that thanksgiving, they learned that gratitude was a liberator. Paul, the apostle, experienced this in his own life. There's a story told about him and, and Silas at the time in Acts chapter 16. At the time, they'd gone into the city of Philippi to preach the gospel. And I don't have time to talk about the circumstances that came out of that, but they ended up in prison for preaching the gospel. Not only are they in prison, but they've been beaten basically within just a breath of life, and so they're 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 bleeding and they're thrown into the inner dungeon. And there they are, Paul and Silas. They've not done anything wrong other than preaching the gospel. But they're left there in the inner dungeon. And the Bible says in Acts sixteen verse twenty-five, about midnight, Paul and Silas notice this were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And notice what happens. They make they're making a choice. It goes back to my first point. They're choosing to do something that most likely they did not feel like doing. They chose the that moment at midnight to say, here's what we need to do. We're in a fix. We're in a difficult situation. We don't know how we're going to get out of this. But one thing we know to do is we're going to sing and pray and sing hymns of thanksgiving to God. And they began to lift their feeble voices, having now been beaten near to near death. And they raised their voices in that inner dungeon and begin to sing and give praise to God. I don't know what they sang. Maybe they sang, Amazing Grace... How sweet the sound. I doubt it because it was not written by them. But they were saying something that began to lift up their voices to God. And the Bible says, you read it for yourself in Acts chapter 16. The Bible says it suddenly came a mighty earthquake and it shook that place, that Philippian jail. And all the prisoners' doors came open. All the cell doors flew open. And all the chains fell off. And eventually the Philippian jailer gave his life to Jesus. I will tell you something. Gratitude liberates people. and Gratitude will liberate you as well. It sets people free.
1: Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.